Hello and welcome to Speaking of Conversations on Voice, Speech and Identity with me, Ryan O'Shea. Each episode I'm talking with a guest who has a real question about voice, speech or presence. Then I'm guiding them through concepts and exercises to help them and you understand a bit more about their question. In this episode, I'm joined by actress, writer, director, and producer, Kara Myers. Kara asks about some specific challenges she's experienced in performance. The first question is around why she sometimes has a tendency to back off of her words in performance and how to overcome this difficulty. And the second question is how to project in a theater. Like many LA actors, most of Kara's acting experience has been on camera, so finding ease in projecting her voice is a relatively new requirement for her. We talk about the major differences for speaking on camera versus on stage, and I offer her some tools for finding ease in projection. Here we go. Hello, Kara. Hi. <laughs> Start by telling me, our listeners, a little bit about yourself. Well, I am an actress, a writer, a director, a producer. I'm doing tons of stuff. Right. I actually, my next thing is um, a play that I'm in for Julius Caesar, which is Shakespeare. Nice. And it's kind of funny because I hate Shakespeare, but I'm like, I'm going to do it. (laughs) Challenge, you know. Where is that happening? It's in Santa Clarita. Okay. Nice. Yeah, so it's up where I live. Oh, very good. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I have a bunch of like little parts, which is fine with me. And then uh, after that, I'm doing uh, Crash Acts, which is a variety show, which I'm more producing and yeah. directing some things. And then I just finished a six weeks writer's lab where I learned a bunch of stuff and I wrote a new pilot. And Oh, wow. Yeah. That's so awesome. Yeah, I I knew that you were an actress because of class. <laughs> crash acting. Yes, but I didn't know that you were a writer as well until I saw your announcement about the writer's lab that was seemed like it was incredible. Yeah, it was awesome cuz we got to meet with like important people, like people from Bad Robot, uh, which is JJ Abrams company and yeah. like HBO and uh Kung Fu Monkey and like sitting like yeah. we're talking to these people and they're giving us advice and a lot of them read our scripts and like would give us notes on them and stuff. And yeah. then, and cause it was a scripts that we had to enter the, the lab. What, and what was this particular lab? What was it called? It was the native Americans TV writers lab. Okay. They cool. have a TV and they have a features. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I did the TV one and uh, I wrote a pilot to get into it and we got notes on that. And then we actually wrote an entirely new pilot during the six weeks that we we're there. And so that's also going to get sent to the same people that we, yeah. That's so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, what is your question today? Okay. Well, (laughs) um, I have a tendency to uh, de-voice. Okay. So um, I'll be in a scene and when it comes to something I'm not as confident in or if I'm not I don't know, like confident or uh, I'm trying to think of it. Just like, like it's sure of. Yeah. Or I just feels awkward or something. I have a tendency to all of a sudden get quieter and then I'll come back and I'll be like, oh, and then like I'll get quieter. And then so. Yeah. 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 So devoicing as in like really like backing off on the volume. Correct. That you're using. Okay. Yes. Great. But you have a sense of what is what's happening in those moments that they're moments of being 
not so sure of what it is you're saying or not so sure about whether you want to be heard. <laughs> yeah. And so it was, it was more of just like, I think trying to figure out like, how can I not do that? Even though I know it's not just like, Oh, do this, but you know, <laughs> just do it. That's just the do answer. this. <laughs> like, okay, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So are there moments where you feel, or when are the moments I should say, where you feel like your voice is like effortlessly carrying, you're not having to think about it. You feel like you're fully on voice. Do those moments happen for you? Yeah. It's funny. Cause like I actually made a realization that cause the scene I'm thinking of in particular that I'm devoicing in is a scene I wrote. Oh. And so I think it has something to maybe I'm just crazy, but it's all <laughs> mental. But, uh, when it's like my lines, I'm, I think I'm thinking more of like, in the director, writer slash producer type thing. So okay. I'm not focused on like the lines. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. So the the first thing that makes me think of in Fitzmaurice voice work, part of the, the, the element of vocal support, which is called structuring in Fitzmaurice voice work. One of the things that we talk about is something called focus line. And this is actually super relevant to what you were saying earlier about like, I'm in this play and I don't know like how to project for that environment versus an on-camera environment. Focus line is the key. Your focus line is really your awareness of where your sound is going, right? That... I'm speaking to you right now. So my focus line is really like a circle in between you and I, right? If I were just talking to the microphone, right? Then my focus line would really just be between the mic and I, right? And that's my awareness. If I were wanting to fill this whole space, right? If I were in an audience with a bunch of people in here, then my focus line would be more of like a focus fountain, <laughs> like filling up this whole room, right? Okay. But the, the, the main part of that really is that the sound goes out and it reaches someone else. Okay. If I am internally thinking, right, where actually where my focus is, is on my thoughts about maybe the judgments or the the judgments good or bad about what that line is, then it totally makes sense that I'm going to be like really speaking like almost to myself, right? Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever heard of Patsy Rodenberg? I haven't. So she's another uh, really brilliant, famous voice teacher. And she wrote this book called The Second Circle. There's a different name for it in the UK. But in America, it is called the second circle. <laughs> okay. And she talks about how there are three circles of presence that human beings go through throughout their day. And uh, first circle is – I'm totally paraphrasing her, so everyone <laughs> should read the book because she's more brilliant than I will be in this moment. <laughs> but – First circle is this very like introverted version of your voice where you're, it's almost like you're just speaking to yourself, right? And so she'll say like, that could be someone that's really shy, or it could be someone who's super intellectual, where they're so in their thoughts, right? It could be 
I'm not really that confident that you want to hear what I have to say. So I'm, I'm backing way off, right? Good. Third circle is the other side of that spectrum. It's like um, bluster, like Donald Trump is third circle, right? <laughs> like in your face, loud, totally overcompensating the space. There's where, a girl like that in our uh, play. Yeah, yeah. It can be a useful character choice. Like there are some characters who are first circle, some characters who are third circle. She's not a character, just her personality. Just her personality. Well, she might want to work on on this. Yeah, that would be lovely. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to tell her that. Yeah, don't, don't mention that. Yeah. So then the the second circle, which is the title of the book, right? That's where she talks about that being like our place of presence. And it's where we want to exist most of the time, where we're balanced, we're aware of ourselves, but also of the other person or the other people to whom we're speaking. And it sounds to me that if I were going to say where, what circle you're living in, you're going to diagnose me. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to pathologize you right now. Yes. (laughs) Your diagnosis. It feels like what you're describing is that you're in this first circle place of being really internal with the thoughts that you have, and you're speaking loud enough for you to understand, <laughs> but we're forgetting that, oh yeah, actually there's a person in front of me that I need to understand me. Yeah, And that's where I love the idea of the focus line because it is this um, energetic awareness of the sound starting with me and going out to you. The way that Catherine Fitzmorris would describe the focus line is that it's it's this energetic awareness that starts right around your belly button, which is right around where your support is. Yeah. And then it drops down the front of your pelvis to your root chakra and then wraps up around your back, goes all the way through your spine and out your third eye. So the idea is that there is this energy, this intention moving through me and to you. I also really like the idea of my focus line, like starting with the person I'm talking to. So I have this intention of in this moment, helping you understand the idea of the focus line. So I'm seeing you as I'm describing it, but I also have just this tiny little awareness that I checked in with right before I started speaking of, oh yeah, I'm, I'm speaking to Kara, but the energy is really moving through my whole body, through that focus line. Gotcha. Does that make sense? It does make sense, definitely, because it is, like you said, I am so internal with it because I wrote it, so I'm like, okay, well, is that joke landing? Is this like, you know, I'm like, and you know, this isn't the right setting, but we, we have boxes. We don't have a car, you know? So it's (laughs) like, it is very much like, I'm like, okay, how's this working? Like, okay, is this, and then like, I'm always like editing the story. So like, to me, I'm like, okay, well, if that doesn't work, should I be changing that? And then I'm like, oh, wait, my line. Yeah. 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 I've talked about this in, um, other episodes. So this will be a review for other people, but (laughs) It is neurologically proven that you cannot focus on more than one thing at once. Oh, wow. We can very quickly shift and we do all the time. So I I can look at you and scratch my face and, I, okay, I'm noticing you nodding. So then that's giving me feedback that she's with me. And so that's <laughs> affecting me in all sorts of ways, right? So we very quickly shift, but literally speaking, I can only focus on one thing at a time. <laughs> so if I'm dividing my focus between a uh, writer 
director, actor, <laughs> producer. Like that's a lot Dodge of manager. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's a lot of hats to wear and therefore like a lot for you to <laughs> try to navigate, yeah. you know? So really finding the way that in the moment you can go, okay, yes, I can spy back on that later and go, <laughs> that joke didn't really work. Yeah. But for the most part, I'm really there as the character. Yeah. I feel like Ben would say something like, <laughs> I'm going to put my myself in his shoes. But I, I think there's something to like, yeah, and how could the character be thinking about how jokes land? You know, when I talk to people and I – I say something that I think is going to be funny and then it doesn't work. I clock that and go, okay, well, that was dumb. you know. <laughs> and I adjust, right? So yeah. there's a way for those thoughts, those judgments to be happening in story mm -hmm. too, right? Yeah. But remembering that your primary function really is to make sure that the person in front of me is getting it, right? Yeah. Have you found that that devoicing or like the backing off the voice. Have you found that with other people's scripts as well? Very, very rarely. Okay. And that's more of if like, I just didn't have time to like rehearse or like, I'm just learning it. Totally. So then it's like, then that's the confidence part of it. Yeah. Well, and, and that sounds super similar of like, yeah, I'm not really sure about what it is that I'm saying. So I'm processing in the moment uh, and therefore just more internal mm -hmm. than I would be. So then I think then the focus line is super relevant to theater. It's relevant for, for film as well. I think that's probably the greatest detriment to uh, on-camera actors is that they think they don't need to worry about their voice because they will always be mic'd, right? It's relevant whether you have a microphone or not, but this is especially relevant for theater. Yeah. And that was one of my questions is I'm mostly used to camera work. Yeah. Like, so like, yeah, being mic'd up to where I can talk and if I get quiet, you know, people can hear me, Yeah, but this is the first time I'm going to be like in a play where I have lines that I, it's a bigger venue. Cause like the last one was like a little box theater, 20 people. So you don't, you don't have to talk too much, Yeah, yeah, yeah. but this one's a bigger venue. So do you know how big it is? Uh, I think they're still trying to figure it out, Okay, but it's, um, it's Shakespeare and it's for free. So uh -huh. I think they try to accommodate as many people okay. as they can. Yeah. 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 So one of the things I worry about is, um, since I'm not used to, I guess, projecting in the theater voice, I say that in quotations, yeah, the yeah. theater voice, how can I accomplish that or are there tips or tools or something to adjust from film to theater where I'm not going to like tire my voice out or wear it out or like, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, is the space indoor, outdoor? They're contemplating both. Okay. So they think that we might have show a show like outside and then a show inside and it's like three nights. So it's not. Okay, too, cool. Yeah. Have you ever, do you have a familiarity with, your vocal support, like the, what you physically do to support your voice? Not really. I know I've taken a couple of its Morris classes. Um, but I think it's, it was like at the moment I'm like, yeah, this is great. And then like later I'm like, okay, how do I apply this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We have, it takes a, a lot of repetition to be able to, to integrate things like that for sure. Then let's review it again. Cause okay. this, this will be the, the main one of the major parts of the vocal support, and it goes hand in hand with focus line. So for for your vocal support, so you have 
we all know where the abs are because our society is obsessed with them. <laughs> but so your abdominals start like right below your your center of your rib cage, so sternum or breastbone, right? And then once we get to like the fleshy part just underneath, some people call that the solar plexus. That all the way down into the front of the pelvis, the outermost layer of muscle there is your abdominals. And then on the sides of your ribs to really down to your hips are your obliques. Then underneath that, you have another layer of abdominals in the same place and another layer of obliques in the same place. And then three layers deep. My goodness. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) From like below the ribs all the way into the pelvic floor is your core, your transversus abdominis muscle. That is your vocal support muscle. So when you speak, your belly, your core pulls in just a little bit. And in one of the the articles on structuring, you can find this on the Fitzmorris Institute uh, website, but Catherine Fitzmorris describes the support muscle working like a trap door. Like your core goes in and up against the diaphragm, like, whew, like a trap door. That is anytime you speak, this is going to be your support muscle. This is going to be your gas or your fuel. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> Go ahead and let's, let's try this. So bring your hand. And I think like lower the better, like around <laughs> like belly button is a good place. Belly button. I like even like below my belly button just a little this bit. This is a G-rated show. This <laughs> is, yeah. And we're not going to go any lower than that, I promise. <laughs> so first thing I would do is just check in with whether or not your belly is released. Because a lot of us habitually are sucking in the belly, habitually holding in our core, like tightening it, so that when we go to support our voice, it's like, well, this hurts because we're (laughs) adding tension on top of tension, right? So first, to combat that, go ahead and squeeze your belly as much as possible, squeezing in, and then just let it release. Yeah. Yeah. So then you can feel it softening and there's a whole bunch of exercises that we could do to help you find more release in your belly that we'll do like later on. Right. (laughs) But for now, like just feeling that the belly could soften a bit is a good place to start. Then feel that you could pull that belly in as you do a, Hey Ryan. (laughs) Hey Ryan. Do you feel your belly pulling in? Yeah. Yeah. And do, do again like a hello. Hello. Yeah. So the belly pulls in. Hi. Hello. It pulls in and it releases as soon as you're done speaking. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead and try one more time. Just a hi. Hi. Yeah. Hi. Yeah. And can you feel... I, I sit up every time. Well, yeah, exactly. Hi. So good awareness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if I sit up too much before I do it, yeah. I'm actually engaging my core a little bit so there's nowhere for it to go. So let yourself get a little bit uh, relaxed. Sloppy with it, yeah. Uh-huh. I know. I'm like, like, do this right. Yeah. Sit up and breathe totally. and say hello. Right. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that sort of pressure is not conducive <laughs> for. Like, I'm gonna watch you, and you're gonna be perfect at it, right? Especially through a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yes. Go ahead and and try try one more time before just release. Yeah. And feel. I like my my friend Matt is the one that introduced me to this, but he said that. The belly moves in kind of like whenever somebody says something that's kind of funny. You're like, huh. I felt that when I laughed. It's huh. all inside. Exactly. <laughs> it's super subtle. It's not a full belly laugh that's like tensing. It's the, huh. Yeah. 
And that's how much the belly moves in whenever we speak. Yeah. Yeah. The belly moving in is also like the beginning of the focus line. That's the, like I've clicked it on, right? So that as I'm pulling my belly in, energetically, I'm imagining the sound going down through my pelvis, up through my spine, out my third eye. That to me feels like something that I will do like as an exercise when I'm speaking to people, I'm never going focus line engaged and now I, I it is on like that makes me feel a little bit robotic. It's just like an awareness that I have beforehand. Why the third eye rather than like the throat? It's a, it's more of like a one so that I'm seeing you, right? Mm-hmm. It's also uh, because you're going through the major chakras. I personally, it's not that I think that it's like garbage, but I just don't have enough knowledge around like the various chakras. It's not something that I uh, subscribe to, but I mention it because we're in Los Angeles and a lot of people do. (laughs) You're like, I'm not going to say it's garbage. Yeah, I really don't. I really think that there is like, in fact, I'm somebody who I like the science behind things, right? But the science goes really hand in hand with a lot of the spiritual stuff. Yeah, exactly. So even though I'm not thinking that I'm going through each of the chakras as I'm doing it, it is anatomically going through my spine and then I'm including my eyes, which are really necessary for me having a sense of where the sound goes. Right. Mm -hmm. The other element of this then is, and this is really relevant to what you're saying, the difference I think between the major difference vocally between theater versus on-camera work is the audience, obviously. And that's the end of the (laughs) podcast. I'm brilliant. Ta-da. Right. (laughs) But what I see happen for a lot of actors who have on-camera work but not so much theater work, is that once they get into a theater scenario, they're very present with their scene partner. Their scene partner can hear everything that they're doing really well because they effortlessly are using their focus line and talking to their scene partner, right? So you and I could have this conversation right here and it would be really easy, probably wouldn't have to work very hard at all. Except that the conversation isn't just for you. There's a whole bunch of people who paid money or came for free, but either (laughs) way, like there's a whole bunch of people there that really want to know what it is you have to say. So I cannot just be relying on my visual awareness of the person in front of me. I also have to have really a kinesthetic awareness of the whole space. So what I do whenever I'm doing theater, especially if I need to like fill the space, is that I go into that space in advance, like before house opens, right? And I would start doing this in rehearsals. Once you're in the space, once you know the space or spaces, we'll talk about the difference between indoor indoor and outdoor (laughs) shortly, but going to the space and seeing all all of it, making it a conscious practice to walk onto that stage and see the corners of the room, see the ceiling, see what's behind you, what's above you, 
taking a moment to see all of the chairs in the audience. Patsy Rodenberg would would say to breathe in the space Mm -hmm. because a lot of times what happens is that people go, okay, it's a big house. So I start to push and they think of pushing their sound out Mm -hmm. where breathing in the space really has a different feel like energetically of, oh, I'm letting my awareness of the the room, the people in the room really come to me and trusting that that's enough rather than sneaking into third circle and shoving my sound at them. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I kind of worry about too. Cause I feel like when you're shoving your sound at somebody, you're losing almost character too. Absolutely. It can feel really intense. It can feel like okay, we get it. Like you're, you're forcing yourself upon the audience Mm -hmm. where whether I am speaking with a microphone right in front of me, or I am speaking to a 500 seat house, I want to feel that there is an ease in my body. And if I'm feeling ease in my body, my breath, my voice, then the audience is going to get to relax too. Yeah. If it feels like they're being shouted at for to maybe three hours. I think we're doing a two hour. Okay. Yeah. 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 If I feel like I'm being shouted at for that amount of time, <laughs> not going to be the most enjoyable experience. Right. And I imagine with Shakespeare, it's easy to just like shout out oh your lines with. People have Shakespeare voice, right? They start over articulating and pushing because that's what they think that it should sound like. Yeah. Where uh, it doesn't have to. In <laughs> fact, it might be really interesting if you were connected to something other than how you think it should sound, right? Exactly. Yeah. So for for this spatial awareness or for for filling the space, part of it, the key, one of the major keys is that you have to make sure that you're supporting from your belly rather than like squeezing your ribs or something like that. So starting to practice. Like the release, like the openness of it. Yeah. And starting to practice that every time I speak, I pull my belly in in order to support. That's part of it. The other part of it is having a spatial, a kinesthetic awareness of my voice filling the whole of the room that I'm in. So if we're talking about like a hundred seat theater, that's probably going to be pretty easy, but I'm still going to walk onto that stage. And I, I will literally just practice sending my sound into the room. Hello. Hi. I'm going to sing. I'm going to do a monologue and really imagine it filling the space. You could bring a friend with you and have them, you know, be on the other side of the 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 room and go, "Can you hear me?" Cool. That that felt easy. So good. That's good information, right? Yeah. Then as the space gets larger, mm-hmm. you're just shifting your awareness of the the largeness of the space, right? Yeah. But there, I firmly believe, because I I felt it in myself and seen it in other actors, that if I am supporting from my belly, I have an awareness of how far the sound needs to go, and I want to be heard, that will be enough. I firmly believe that to be true. I, I might have to train myself, remind myself, oh yeah, I want them in the audience to hear me as well. Yeah. But if I'm just focused on the person right in front of me, they're almost definitely going to miss it. In the same way that if I'm, as the editor and the writer of my text, just like saying the words for myself because I'm really thinking about those things, right? Yeah. Then that's <laughs> when my scene partner is missing it as well. Yeah. So it really is an awareness of 
who do I want to hear me and where are they? Right? <laughs> gotcha. yeah. yeah. Outdoors is different because you're going to have a lot more competing <laughs> noise, right? Yeah. yeah, interference. But it's the same basic principles. The only addition I might say is that resonance is really important for that. So really like opening up your nose, opening up your cheeks, your head, your chest, the more resonant your body is, the more open your body is, the more that sound can vibrate off of your, your body. I also think that doing just things like like really <laughs> obnoxious, like nasal sounds to get things moving yeah. through your body. Mm-hmm. That's really useful for creating a little bit more resonance in your body. Singing is great for opening up the resonance. And then a whole series of physical exercises, um, which you do know a fair amount of them because you've done um, some work in Fitzmaurice voice work. But in other words, physically opening you up so that the sound can carry through your body more is going to be a, a factor as well. Yeah, that's good to to remember. <laughs> yeah. How how far away is the the show? Um, it's not too far from me. It's about oh, sorry. 30. Like when when oh, is it happening? August. August. Okay, great. So you've got a couple months then. Yeah, because we just started rehearsals. Our first rehearsal is on Sunday. Great. Start now with because that's that's the main thing like people are like i'm running a marathon and i tomorrow and then they start training right (laughs) your marathon is in like two months so you've got some time to train but you have to train so starting now with doing exercises to open up your ribs doing exercises to open up your lower back doing exercises to create more resonance in your your chest, your spine, your uh, your throat, your nose, your mouth, your head. All of it. <laughs> yeah, which we'll save for another time or we'll do offline. Yeah. But those types of exercises are also just helping your body be a more powerful instrument. Yeah. Really? Then once you're in the space, once you're at rehearsal or performance – then it's that added awareness of this is how big the room is and I really would like everybody in it to hear what I have to say. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it totally does. And I think another like complication in my mind at least is yeah. that I have the opening line in the play. Uh, so I'm like, am I going to be like setting the, the volume here? <laughs> <laughs> but I guess, I mean, I shouldn't worry about that. But <laughs> No, but... Just said it really well. Just there we go. You know, do good. Do be good, good at Just it. Just do good. <laughs> Just don't suck. Okay? That's my advice. Don't suck. Perfect. Get it right. Yeah. Perfect. I, yeah. I don't need acting class anymore. You're done. I'll tell Ben. Okay. Thank you. Great. <laughs> well, Kara, I feel like this is a good transition then out of this. Um, where can people find you? Do you know the details on the the show as well? We have they haven't released the show details yet, okay. but um, you can always find me on Instagram. It's Kara.jade.myers. and Kara with a C with a C. Yeah. Yes, it's spiffy that way. <laughs> <laughs> um, or yeah, that's pretty much the best place I, I post most of my stuff on uh, Instagram. I do have a website that's just www www dot well she's got two w's i'm so cool i don't need the third one yeah (laughs) but um yeah at carajademyers.com awesome well thank you so much thank you 
That was Kara Myers. Be sure to check out voiceandspeechwithryan.com slash podcast to find show notes and links where you can find more information on the topics we discussed. And a personal ask, please share this podcast. I'm really proud of this show, and I think the conversations I have with my guests aren't just applicable to anyone who uses their voice. I think they're really important. I love helping others find connection to their voice, and this podcast is a really rewarding way of sharing my work. So I would so appreciate your help by sharing links to the episodes via your social media or email, or, you know, you could have a conversation where you speak out loud about this new podcast you're digging called Speaking Of. And if you have a particular thought or question you want to share with me, you can contact me at voiceandspeechwithryan.com. Until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.